Welcome to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. The mission of Vows to Keep is to help couples develop a biblically healthy marriage through the application of God's Word and a deeper relationship with Him. They desire to help you and your spouse grow closer to each other and closer to the heart of God's design for your marriage. Now, here's David and Tracy with today's broadcast. David and I are definitely guilty of being the kind of parents who torture our kids at Christmas with a present, with a present they have to open a lot of boxes to get to. Have you done this? Each box inside only holding more boxes, and at the very last box, they get their special toy. It's honestly even more fun, though, to think about what we could get each of our kids that would really bless them and then wrap four different boxes and make their day four times over rather than just once. That's when we start getting out the iPhones and trying to capture the looks on their faces. Because as parents, it makes us happy to provide for them, to bless them in ways they didn't expect or even ask for. Today on Vows to Keep Radio, we'll see how God not only gave us the gift of marriage, but he gave us gifts within marriage. God has more gifts for you to unwrap in your relationship. So if you're ready to get all God has for you in your marriage, then stick around for the next 25 minutes here on Vows to Keep Radio the show where you get sound biblical counsel you can apply immediately to your marriage. We're your hosts, David and Tracy Sellers of Vows to Keep. We are biblical marriage counselors, authors, teachers, podcast hosts, radio hosts, and conference speakers. If you want to get back to being on fire for your spouse and for God, you are definitely in the right place. When you said, I do, that was a very big container holding all kinds of other ones inside of it. Picture like a big Amazon warehouse. That's the marriage. But inside of that huge space, there are boxes and boxes just waiting to be unwrapped. I don't know about you, but when I got married, I didn't think of it that way. But now that David and I have been married over 20 years, I see how God has been faithful over and over, and I want more of what my Heavenly Father has for us. I keep seeing more gifts that He wants to give. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 7, verse 9. He says, You parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, Do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not, he says. So if you, sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? God is our Heavenly Father, and it brings Him so much pleasure to give us good things. He is the one that's sitting on the edge of His seat, just waiting for us to enjoy and put to use the gifts that He has for us in marriage. Right in the beginning of the Bible, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make him a suitable helper. We find that in Genesis 2.18, how true it is. God forms Adam with his own hands. He breathed life into his body. Often I think about the physical part of that creation, you know, all the cells and nerves and bones and ligaments and organs. But in that moment, God crafted Adam's mind. He, he built his heart. He put together his soul. God made us with specific needs and desires. Genesis one twenty seven says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Think about this. God creates us in his image. And, and part of that is our soul's composition. God feels, we feel. God makes decisions. We make decisions. God desires intimate relationships. He made us the same. The needs we have in marriage are also part of how God created us. The feelings we have, they're not by accident. It's not good for man to be alone. That wasn't a revelation to God. He wasn't like, you know what? I 
forgot something. All the animals have got partners perfectly suited to them. Oh, geez. Whoops. No, he says it's not good for man to be alone. And that was not a revelation to God. It was a revelation to Adam. Adam, you need friendship. One that reaches to the deepest part of you. And I'll be that for you no matter what. But I've got something earthly, something special that I want to give you right here. Just wait and see. Adam and Christ, you're going to find eternal freedom. But I also want to offer it to you now. The freedom you're going to experience in your marriage isn't a need, but I'm going to give you some desires. And because I love you, I'm going to give you the freedom to fulfill those desires. Adam, you need function. You need purpose. You need to know that your desire for comfort is not the center of everyone's universe. I've got something bigger planned for you. There's a more important purpose and function for your marriage. Now, Adam, sin is coming, and you're going to need to be sharpened, to be refined, to be honed, to be changed, to be more like me, more like I intended you to be. And you're going to need the friction that a marriage companion will provide, someone who's going to assist me in that process. The bottom line is, Adam, I created you with needs. I see your needs. I love you. So will you let me meet those needs? Not only with the institution and the creation of marriage, but within your marriage. Now, as you pull back the lens and you take a look at how God designed marriage to be the source of so many gifts, do you see that in the hundred little moments that are inside your marriage, that we often don't see our marriage as a gift? So we push away our spouse and we search to fulfill our God-given needs elsewhere. It's the war between us. It's the coldness. It's the, the living like roommates. It's the hurt that never goes away. We can feel like a marriage full of burden and not blessing. So what if we took a step back and looked at God's design again, how he intended this gift to be unwrapped and where we might be blind to some of his gifts. Today, we're going to talk about four of God's gifts within marriage. And keep in mind, this is not an exhaustive list. The warehouse is full, but let's talk about these ones. Friendship, freedom, function, and friction. Let's start with friendship. David and I were best friends when we got engaged. And honestly, I never would have said yes if it had been otherwise. Would you? Why wouldn't I want to spend my life with the person who understands me the most? The one I never tire of being with. That friendship, however, can be broken. And it's broken when we don't prioritize it or when something gets between us. Something like sin, like unforgiveness. Yet we do still hold out that dream for that close kind of friendship again. We may even hurt this friendship because we're actually misprioritizing other friendships in our lives because this one isn't delivering. So why is our friendship shaped whole in our hearts? Because relationship is the heart of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're in relationship with each other. And in the Bible, you'll see a repeated theme. God walking in the garden with Adam and Eve. God sending his son, Jesus, so that we could be in relationship with him forever. God is all about the business of creating relationships, of mending relationships, and he wants a relationship with you and I today. No matter how we've treated God, no matter how many times we've pushed him away or sinned against him, God wants us. He calls us friends in John chapter 15. Throughout the New Testament, he teaches us how to be the best kind of friend to our spouse. Now, when the rubber meets the road and we feel hurt or angry or sinned against, the desire for friendship, it's still there, 
but so often we don't use the tools that God has given us. To be blunt, we don't treat our spouse like God treats us. God's gift of friendship and marriage doesn't go away in the hard moments. It's actually in these moments that we show our spouse the best kind of friendship, the kind that leans in when our emotions say to pull away. God has given us dozens and dozens of tools for our marriage friendship tool belt. But let me just name a few right here. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4.26, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Here's how to be a good friend from Romans 12.10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Philippians 2.3-4, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I'll read just one more, even though I could go on and on. John 15, 13, Jesus says, This is my commandment, love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. If you've lost that best friend's feeling, it is totally possible to get it back in your relationship. So where do you start? Pray about what's standing in the way of the two of you being close like that again. God will reveal it to you. Is it resentment, bitterness, maybe a love of something else like money or comfort or the pursuit of a career? Is God asking you to lay down your life for your wife? Is it your priorities, your preferences, or your desires? Whatever it is, there is reason to have hope for change. On our website, you can find blog posts and podcasts, and I would encourage you for inspiration to go listen to the Powerful Pursuit series, especially part four that talks about best friends. You see, when a husband and wife live within God's design, that gift of friendship, the intimacy in that relationship all comes in so many natural ways from there. That brings us to God's second gift within marriage, and that is freedom, the passion and the magic that God himself wants us to have. Before God gave us freedom with one another in marriage, he gave us freedom in Christ, Those that don't understand God and the gospel, they would say that tying yourself to religion is a death sentence for everything good you could grab for yourself. They present the lie that without God, things are attractive. Things are exciting. Like there's no restraints. But as Christians, we know the gift of salvation, of uniting ourselves in relationship with Christ. That's the faith that actually brings true freedom. Romans 8.2 says, Through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Jesus says this even further in John 8, 36. If the son sets you free, you are free indeed. So are you free in Christ? If you don't know Christ is your savior, start here. I would love it if you would reach out to us at questions at vowstokeep.com. And we will explore this topic with you. It's not something to be ashamed of, but it's not a place to stay. Are you experiencing freedom in your marriage? That special gift that God wants you to unwrap. Some people say that if you're only having sex within marriage, that is the opposite of freedom. They would say that sex outside of marriage, that's where it's glamorous. That's where it's enticing. That's where it's able to deliver your wildest fantasies. But these types of free relationships, they're not a beautiful statement of love. They're not free at all, actually, because sex is how they earn their way into that relationship. That's the way that acceptance is gained. 
And when sex doesn't deliver, it loses its sizzle. You know what? You're no longer wanted. And even within a marriage relationship, there are those who will take God's gift of this freedom and hold it hostage. Maybe using intimacy as control or withholding to get what you want, or just not wanting to give to your spouse out of a desire to remain distant and isolated or even just comfortable. Either way we've just mentioned, whether the twisted way the world uses sex or the selfishness in sex and marriage, that's not how God intended it. If you have a marriage question, please email questions at vowstokeep.com. Vows to Keep will respond to you via email and perhaps use it on the air. Join the community of Christian fiction readers when you pick up my new series, Roots Run Deep. The first installment in this trilogy, Roots Reawakened, has an interwoven thread of God's redemption and grace. Readers say over and over that they stayed up all night to finish. Snuggle up with a book that will keep you turning the pages, but will also leave your heart full with the certainty of God's love for you. Order Roots Reawaken on Amazon, and to learn more, go to VowsToKeep.com. Now let's rejoin Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. Now I think the best way to get an earful of the sexual freedoms God has for us in his creation of marriage, go look at Song of Solomon. It's a book in the Old Testament, and it's there for a reason, so that you would read it. And I'm going to give you just a small taste of God's beautiful gift of magic and passion between a husband and a wife. This is chapter one, verse two, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth for your love is more delightful than wine. Verse four in chapter one says, take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the King bring me into his chambers. Chapter two talks about strengthening me with raisins, refresh me with apples for I am faint with love. That is quite the picture. It goes on to say, his left arm is under my head. His right arm embraces me. Three, four says, I found the one my heart loves. I held him and would not let him go till I had brought him to my mother's house, to the room of the one who conceived me. Beautiful, enticing sexual freedom within marriage. And can I just add, this was God's design. This was God's idea. Full freedom, enduring passion, not the bondage that the world gives in dating relationships. And then, of course, it, Satan tries to sell into marriage relationships. If you've looked outside of your marriage for sexual freedom, or if you are stuck, caught in isolation within your marriage in this topic, there is hope. This is a gift you can still unwrap, but it first might mean getting to the root of the issue. The lack of sexual freedom between the two of you isn't something that just happened overnight but it will be worth it to untangle everything that's standing in the way. If you're struggling in this area, we highly encourage you to find helpful resources on our website, vowstokeep.com. Many times when we've gotten off track in this area, it's because we either don't know or have forgotten why God created marriage in the first place, which leads us to the third gift God gives within marriage. And that is function. That's the purpose, the mission, the reason that we're doing this. When we're looking for our lifetime soulmate, the end goal is finding that person, making them our own at the altar. When we get married to be happy, that of course becomes our agenda from the honeymoon forward. And I think we often don't understand that there is eternal significance here. He actually brought us together with a mission to accomplish. Here is God's gift of function to your marriage in 10 words. 
your marriage mission is to give away what God has given you. And the biggest and most powerful reason is so that your spouse will know God's unconditional love through you. Now, it's just as important that God would actually be able to show his love to others through your love for your spouse. That's not how I saw marriage when I started. How about you? If we look at almost anything in our lives, when it stops serving us, we dispose of it. We've got a car with quite a few miles on it and a lot of dents and dings in every surface. And the question we're wrestling with is, is it time to move on to another car? One that doesn't look like it's been through a hailstorm. We treat our relationships like this too. A marriage that no longer brings me joy, that no longer is serving my expectations, is not worth having. It seems easier sometimes, doesn't it, to just give up on our marriage or our husband or our wife, even if we're not seeking divorce, saying, you know what, you just deal with your problem. I don't want anything to do with it. Now, your spouse might not be in a serious situation right now, but maybe they're deep in the trenches of some sin and you've lost sight of God's gift of function in your relationship, why you're actually in this marriage to begin with. It's easy to lose sight of the mission God has for you to love your husband or your wife in the midst of their sin, to come alongside them and to gently and humbly help them back onto the right path. Maybe your wife is isolating from you. Your marriage isn't as fulfilling as you think it should be. You think you've got a right for it to be. So you're ready to trade in, ready to trade up. Now, Proverbs eleven fourteen says that without wise guidance, a nation fails. Without purpose, our household, our relationships, they all fail. So do you know the gift of God's function for your marriage? Because don't miss the boat here. You and your marriage are functioning like Christ when you're committed to your marriage mission, giving away what God has given you. You've been given a gift to steward, one that has eternal implications. God wants to reconcile the world to himself. You represent Christ's love when you are deeply passionate for your spouse. Even when they're entrenched in sin, being committed to not letting go of them is key. That speaks so loudly, first to your spouse, but then to every person in your life. It tells them where your love comes from. When your spouse is at their worst and you give them your best, you are a person on mission. We encourage you to do everything you can to know Christ more and more, to grow deeper in relationship with him, to understand the mission that he has for you, and then let him give you a love for your spouse, finding that his strength is what will supply. And finally, everybody's favorite, right? Ha! Friction. Those abrasive big and little things in our marriage that bring out the bristles in both of us. Those areas of sin that are so evident because we live so closely to one another. David and I have them too. These glaring sins that are so obviously creating friction between us. So how in the world can this be a gift? Because your heavenly father can do nothing but give you good gifts. David, there are so many things you've come alongside me and helped to shave off my rough edges. Thank you for that. For me, it's been negativity and complaining. Those are two big ones. Sometimes we know something we are doing needs to be changed, but everything inside us says we'd be better off to just keep it to ourselves. Why rock the boat? God actually calls us to disciple each other. 
to help each other to look more like Christ, to be obedient to his word. We're going to have to get into the thick of it in order to do that. Backing away when we see our spouses in sin, that's not what God has called you to do. Proverbs 27, 17 is this word picture of iron sharpening iron. It makes me think of Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. This is the kind of friction that we need in our life to refine us, to change us. If I need change, rather than shying away from it or going to the wrong source to find change only to discover I was way off base, you know what? I'd rather do it right the first time. How about you? Letting God mold me and shape me and change me, letting him use David in the process. In order to do that, first, we have to be willing to bring the Bible into hard conversations. And second, we need to be willing to let our own blade be sharpened. This takes a lot of loving boldness from the one who is calling out the sin, trying to help the other person up out of the pit they're in, and a lot of humility, a big teachable heart to hear the correction. Times of friction really shape and define us. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Those things that are interfering with your friendship, your freedom, your function, are most likely what's causing the friction. Ask yourself this, what is keeping you from opening up and enjoying God's gift in your marriage? Is it sin? Because it not only separates, it blinds us. Now, if sin is blinding you to God's gifts, get quiet and get humble before God. Enter into this process with a repentant heart, even if your spouse doesn't. Maybe it's the daily grind. Maybe it's not that we're living in animosity toward each other. It's just hard to pick up our heads for half a second and see what God is actually doing. If that's the case, take a serious look at your priorities and think about how you're choosing to spend your time. Our enemy is so good at distracting and even overshadowing God's gifts to our marriage. He sets us up to be unsatisfied with what is actually really good. He tells us that we deserve to get all those expectations met. It's about us and tells us to go back away from our spouse when they don't perform. God is not withholding these gifts from you. God is holding out these gifts for you to open. What's the best way to unwrap that gift? Be humble before God so that your heart would be teachable and willing to receive correction, even if that correction hurts to hear. Next, set up an accountability partner so that your heart can stay in that soft spot of wanting to let God work in your heart and you become more like him. In the beginning, God created. He declared marriage as good. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes from our Heavenly Father. If there's something good in your marriage that you are blessed by, something good that you were trying to regain, trying to get that blessing again, in all cases, go back to God. He is our Heavenly Father who can't wait to give you the best gifts within your marriage. You've been listening to Vows to Keep Radio with David and Tracy Sellers. Vows to Keep provides weekend marriage events and has shared God's design for marriage with thousands of people. Vows to Keep events are normally held in conjunction with churches or related ministries. 
If you'd like to know more about hosting a Vows to Keep event in your area, send us an email at info at VowsToKeep.com. Vows to Keep is supported by a team which includes biblical coaches, writers, and pastoral advisors. If you have a desire to serve marriages in your community, we would love to hear from you. Vows to Keep is a not-for-profit marriage ministry designed to bring God's encouraging truth to the marriages of our area. As a not-for-profit organization, our commitment to Christ-like marriages includes providing much-needed services regardless of a couple's financial ability to offset the cost of Vows to Keep operations. If you are unable to donate your time or abilities but would like to help support Vows to Keep financially, visit VowsToKeep.com and click on the donate link. This program is sponsored by Vows to Keep of Zanesfield, Ohio.